and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like, uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. Not touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always becomes supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. Done. We're done. Obama! Welcome to the Godless Revolution. I'm Dan Ellis. I'm Ryan Duffy. And I'm Kyle Sneenblick. Yay! Yay! Kyle is our special guest host this evening, filling in for Matt, who is still doing his EMT thing. Still trying to educate himself. Fuckers trying to get smart. going on a long time, man. Yeah. But I I like coming here because I get to be be a special. (laughs) You're a special. I get to be a special. Oh, Kyle's special. You're always special. In so many ways. (laughs) So I, I mentioned last episode that I hadn't contacted Matt or that I hadn't actually spoken with him since his car was totaled and all of that and that I should. Because I'm kind of a shitty human being who doesn't really call people all that often. So what I get for actually trying to call Matt was that I tried calling on Friday for vet- when I had Veterans Day yep. off, thinking that maybe his corporate overlords had seen fit to give him the day off as well. But no, he was working. So I try calling. I leave him a voicemail message. And, you know, within five minutes of leaving, of leaving the voicemail message, I get a text from him and says, well, hey, man, I'm working. So he says, everything okay? And I said, fuck no, Donald Trump got elected. <laughs> True. I said, I said, other than that, yes, things are okay. I'm just calling to chat and fill in and all of this other shit. And his reply back was, oh, okay. I was wondering because you never call. You just text. And I'm like, I know, I'm kind of a shitty human being. I don't really talk to people on the phone. I text and I send email and post shit on facebook and that's, tweet every now and then that's the our, our life has been made of conveniences yeah. and it's so much more convenient to text and we're all assholes yeah i there are very few people that i actually speak with on the phone none of them really who i want to talk to no, on the phone not really no it's when it's when damp. i have a problem with something and i have to call fucking tech support or whatever that i have to actually talk to somebody on the phone the whole time just cringing from holding this thing next to my ear well it's awful now because nobody knows nobody knows how to end a phone conversation anymore (laughs) yeah it's like 15 minutes of okay all right then (laughs) all right well Um, i'm i'm on the shitter now so (laughs) i think it's appropriate that i hang up I'm just about there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you yes, Dan stick was around, talking about that. Do you want to stick around for the glorious <laughs> ending, or do you want to go before I explode? I mean, like every phone conversation I've had now ends with, it, you're very close to that. No, you hang up first. <laughs> you no, hang up first. No, you hang, hang up, up, silly. 
<laughs> then you hang up, and then she calls back. She's like, "Why the fuck did you hang up? Why'd you hang up? <laughs> like you told me to. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan would be the guy. No, you hang up. All right, <laughs> should hang up. No, you hang up first. Ryan is such an insensitive asshole. <laughs> she, she said she was done. Ah, <laughs> uh, you good? Yep. Okay. Bye. <laughs> so today is Monday, November fourteenth. It's now six days into the apocalypse. Ten days. <laughs> what the fuck? Today's the fourteenth. Six days. We're six days Did into I say the eighteenth. You, you said you said the fourteenth. Yeah. Did I? Okay. You just can't yeah. math today. I'm, I'm not. Well, Ever since the 8th and the night of the election, my brain has been mush. I've been wandering through this hellscape of my own realization of what the world oh, yeah. now is. Sometime but now, you now wake that, up soon enough. Don't worry. Uh, now that Ben Carson has taken over education for the United States of America, you were correct. It has been 15 days since the the election. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're counting different now. Every, yes. every day seems like a week now. <laughs> Honestly. We, we count in reformed Egyptian now. Like, like just holding my breath, hoping that the world hasn't ended since the last time I checked the news. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That well, there's not some hey, gigantic fucking calamity that I'm going to have to deal with. Remember when it used to be kind of nice to check the news and you get some good information? So everybody's like, ah, that's kind of shitty. Oh, look, there's good stuff, too. A yeah, squirrel yeah, yeah. riding a fucking little thing in yeah, water. Yeah, it's water great. skiing. Yeah. Water skiing squirrel. Yeah. Badass. Awesome. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Even water skiing squirrels just like, ah, oh, fuck this. I just, I, I'm filled with a sense of dread. Yeah. Like, during no other time in my life where I feel like... Our politics and our nation in general is such is on such unstable footing that I don't know where to go from here. Yeah. And I'm genuinely terrified. Yeah. And we have had the discussion before. Like, we're trying to stay openly optimistic about this. It's really hard. Yeah, I'm I'm remembering I'm remembering the 2000 election during that shit storm. When when everything finally set in and when Al Gore conceded, yeah, uh, uh, weeks later, yeah, it felt like a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that sense of like you didn't uh, think Bush was going to be that damaging, though. No, we didn't. All, no, at no it, time, it was, it was, at no time was it a thought in my head that George W. Bush may start World War Three or launch nuclear weapons. No, right? Yeah, it was more of a oh, or cripple God the economy. It. He's going to be kind of shitty. I like, don't like him. He's a dumbass. He's he's yeah. a tripping over his own dick, right. if it were that large. Right. Moron who's not going to get a fucking thing done, and he's just stupid, and we're right. not going to have any progress for yes. the next four right. to eight years. We're just going to be on pause But a I, bit. I didn't yeah. fear that we would be dragged back a century or more. Right. Yeah. And that's the type of fear yeah, that I have now. That is. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't even know how to explain this. Because it's not anything I've ever felt before. So what what did you guys do on election night? Did you watch the results? I, oh, no. Fuck no. I, I had to work the next day. So I, I, I was up watching most of it. And when I saw Ohio go and I was watching Florida, I'm like, they can't come back. I'm like, Florida's gone. As much as the news right now is trying to make this seem happy, like, oh, no, there's still votes that got to come in. I'm like, yeah, they're coming in from the most conservative areas of Florida. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Hillary was down by a thousand. Now she's down by five thousand. Then it was a hundred thousand. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. Florida's gone. 
Yeah. If Florida's gone and Ohio's gone and all these other states are so fucking close right now, it's gone. And then Wisconsin went and then Michigan was going and Minnesota, well, went to, to Hillary. And I was like, no, it's gone. Right now, it's impossible because the only other states that Hillary was going to take that I knew for sure was California, Washington, and Oregon. And I'm like, yeah. even uh, with those, wasn't enough. it's not enough. No. It's gone. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking bed. Yeah. Yeah. It got, it got about three quarters of the way through I'm going through to sleep Florida. through the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> it, it got <laughs> about three quarters of the way through Florida. I said, fuck this. I'm taking a Xanax. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I just took a bottle of whiskey and went to work and we were all hung over the next day. <laughs> I've never had a Xanax. If you take one and then go to bed, yeah. you, you sleep huh. really well. If you take one and then force yourself to stay awake. Ooh, is that when you get arrested shit, like me? Shit gets trippy. Yeah. Shit can get fun. Uh. <laughs> shit can get fun. I got uh, one night I got like existential on when I was on Xanax. <laughs> and it was like, why is my asshole taste stuff? What? Yeah. My asshole but don't it's taste. only spicy stuff. When you said, why does my asshole uh, taste? And I'm thinking, oh, wait, how, how does he taste his own asshole? And then no, you said no, stuff. his asshole yeah. tastes the stuff. Like, there's a tongue yeah. in his asshole. His asshole isn't being tongued. Do you know, do you know no. what you meant by that now? Not at all. No. <laughs> no. It makes no sense. Whatsoever. It made perfect sense at the time. Maybe, like, hot, like, spicy stuff. Yeah. Like like you you have yeah. Chipotle one day and then yeah. the next day it feels like somebody put a cigar out on your asshole. Yeah. Hmm. Because at the time it's kind of like like maybe that's the tasting you're thinking of. There, there's this like this this tastes vaguely like a burrito. I think. <laughs> uh, weird. <laughs> I don't remember eating a burrito. Why does all my shit taste like a burrito? I've had farts you could taste, kind of. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and this is what Trump has got us to digress yeah, to. Yeah. Seriously, it's real not quick. me making these weird comments tonight. It's these two. Usually I'm the one talking about shit and fucked up stuff. Real quick, with with the the mother of my wonderful children, when we were married and living in Clinton, uh, we had a walk-in closet. She was in the in the master bedroom bathroom getting ready in the morning and I was in the closet picking out clothes for the day before I got in the shower and I happened to pass gas while I was standing Uh. in the closet and I left the closet and we passed each other as I went to the bathroom and she went to the closet and she walked into the closet and she walked out of the closet and she said, why does the closet smell like tacos? <laughs> well, and I giggled for a very long time. <laughs> like, well, I had tacos yesterday, so that's it's what we it, had for dinner let's last put night. Put it together. <laughs> Did you think I just smuggled a taco up into the closet and was hiding yeah. it away in a shoe or something? Uh. <laughs> so what I so Tracy and I for the election night were just sitting around the house. I mean, we just planned to be at home and watch the election yeah. results roll in and have a couple of drinks, have dinner, whatever, just normal thing. And a couple of friends contacted us and asked if we were doing anything and if they could come over and hang out with us to celebrate the election. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we were like, sure. Okay. Come on over. And one of our friends came over and we started seeing the results come in. 
And we saw Florida fall. And we saw Ohio fall. That's probably around the time I texted you saying, I'm and fucking this, worried. This sense of, you were, you were sending me messages. Yeah. Taylor was sending yeah. me messages. <laughs> so, and, and I'm, I'm, I've got this sense of doom and dread. Just, you know, you could feel it in the air, just like mm-hmm. everything kind of collapsing in around you and getting darker. Yeah. My house got really cold. And, <laughs> and our other friend eventually showed up and was a little bit late and, and strolled in all just like, Hey, what's going on? Uh, you guys, what's happening? What? And they look over like, who died? Uh, why are you guys looking so down? And I'm like, have you been watching the results at all? Been listening anywhere? And he's like, no, why? What's going on? And I'm like, she's down like a lot, a lot. A lot. Like, I think she's going to lose. And. He, he's, he's a pale white guy anyway, but he got even more pale and turned to the television and was just like, you're fucking kidding me. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, huge shock. Uh, there was some crying that evening. Not for me. I was very, I was very sad and distraught, but, but Tracy and, and one of our guests cried. Our, our guest was receiving phone calls from their children who were also crying at what was going on and, and what was happening and trying to, you know, they were trying to help them and uh, assuage their fears and concerns when, as any good parent does, yeah. when she's freaking out <laughs> while she's telling them to stay calm and it's going to be okay and don't worry, things are fine. And she get off the phone and like, holy fuck, you guys, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I, I don't know what the fuck is going on. It was fairly terrifying. And then... Yeah, just, and then I didn't feel well Tuesday and Wednesday, and yeah, and then I think that was exacerbated by the by the election and the results, and I don't know, man, I was just kind of in a funk all week long. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think the real reason why we fear Trump is his rhetoric, his position now, as, and the fact that he has everybody on his side that can make the changes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And some of those changes he wants to make are going to be devastating to our country and our economy. The Republicans now have the House, the Senate, the presidency, the majority of governors, uh, the majority of state legislatures yep. are uh-huh. now Republican. The United States is now Republican. the red threat. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's the. But and then you have like when Grant proposed the question. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck are they revoting all these people in when the thing they were against was the anti uh politician, you know, anti uh career politician. When yeah. every career politician got voted back in. Yeah, that's yeah, that's one of the things I so it doesn't that didn't make any sense to me. I yeah, I it. I sat down so you know, I was in, I was kind of in a fog and a funk all week long and uh Bill Robbins from the Barroom Atheist mm-hmm. uh, had me on his show sat down with him for a little bit on Saturday and uh, he he said he was going to have the show out sometime soon. Honestly, I'm losing track of fucking days guys, (laughs) but so he said he was going to have the show out soon and I, and it's still not out yet, but you know, in our, in our discussion, uh, he said, you know, well, I think people just ignored the, you know, people were seeking change and Clinton isn't change. She's the status quo and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Okay, you can say that they want to change, but that really isn't borne out by the rest of the vote. 
I mean, if they only want to change in the presidency, I guess you, you could make that argument. But they still voted for all of the old guard, all of the old Republicans, all of the incumbents, all of the people who have been there forever. They're still there. They still voted for them. Yeah. So you can't really say that it's all about change and wanting something new and fresh and different when they voted for, you know, compare if, – if you take a look at the ballot and of all of the number of votes that they cast for in whatever particular race, they, they, made, they made a choice for change in just one of them. Yes. In one of the, you know, between 10 and 20 or 25 different votes that they actually cast that day, they voted for change one fucking time right and in arguably the least effective place right yeah the place that no that so, doesn't carry as much power or sway over what go right. is going to happen in their everyday lives so I, I i think that speaks a lot to just a, a general ignorance uh -huh. of the yeah. yes. ding 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 so people put so much emphasis on the presidency, but they really can't do a look at how effective Obama has been. The president yeah. sets the I agenda. I mean, he's done and, a lot of stuff yeah. and he's been very good, but he's, he's been, been obstructed. He's been so obstructed uh, because so much of the power lies outside the executive yeah. branch. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGI Podcast. Thanks, bitches. If Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd grab her by the pussy. You know? <laughs> Stop it. Realistically, what do you guys think is going to be the biggest problem with, Economy. with the Trump Economy, yeah, the the presidency. economy. Well, part of that part of that's going to really depend on what he can do, because he's got all these things he said he wants to do. Uh, I mean, there's if there's, any backtrack Saturday plan. That's he the put problem, out. right? Well, like you don't even we don't fuck, know. We don't, we don't yeah. even fucking know what he's going to do. Yeah. He's he's given out his tax numbers. He's going to be the most unpredictable president ever. Yeah. He he <laughs> ran on that fifteen percent corporate tax, right? And guess what? I guarantee Congress will fucking approve it. Well, if, and he's, if he and puts he's, it out, yeah, this this Congress would probably approve it. Yes, but again, I, I and I think we were talking about this before the show. I hope so much that we have enough reasonable Republicans that can see that that's a bad but honestly, idea. Honestly, I don't think they will. They all love Reaganomics, and we've seen. Uh, well, pre-show we were talking about. Lindsey Graham, Lindsey fucking yeah. Graham, yeah. who who made it his job to bag on Ted Cruz for months on end, now saying that Ted Cruz would be a would be a great a great selection for the Supreme Court. Yeah, Lindsey fucking Graham, who said that if you were that you could stand in the in the well of the Senate and shoot a congressman, and as long as that congressman was Ted Cruz, nobody would care. Yeah. Yeah. Now Lindsey Graham is saying that Ted fucking Cruz would be a good Supreme Court justice. Maybe no. he's counting on maybe he's counting on that not not con being that confirmation not going through <laughs> because he's so disliked. 
But but what I'm saying is you can't even rely on reasonable, quote unquote, reasonable Republicans yeah. to do the right fucking thing anymore. Yeah, that's that's what makes me that's what makes they me nervous. They can't stand on their own fucking principles anymore. Well, they don't they don't have any to begin with. <laughs> yeah, they they run on they run on rhetoric and platitudes because that's what people that's what gets people to vote for. them. Yeah. I guess that's my biggest fear is just the fear of the unknown, not knowing right. what to expect or what or yeah. what we can not even well, knowing what we will have to fight against. Of just right. this 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 fear of the worst thing ever happening all the time. Right. With without going on the worst case scenario, I think the things that will happen, I think he will be able to get through the tax cuts. Being Republican Congress, Republican House, we're gonna he's gonna get the tax cuts through. Which doesn't benefit everybody all that much. As far as we go, the rich are gonna yeah. fucking make out like bandits. Yeah. They make out fucking great on this right. shit. Well, and he's proposed a couple things that I'm like, fuck yeah, we need to do that. I mean, he's talking about a bunch of infra- infrastructure yeah. improvements. Well, yeah. yeah. But how are we gonna pay for that after exactly. we slash right. fucking that's, taxes? That's the whole thing. And that's where our economy is gonna fail. Cause not only with the infrastructure, I agree. Our roads, bridges, highways, they need to be fixed. They Internet, need to be fixed our for a long communications, time. Electrical yeah. electrical grid. Yeah. All of it is all of it is fifty plus years old. Oh, it, well, it yeah. all is aging well, and, and can, crumbling and vary, fucking dying. Yeah. But and all those all those disenfranchised out of work factory workers that he loves so much, you could put every single one of them to work rebuilding roads and bridges and installing new new telecommunications cables yeah. and, and a new electrical grid laying fiber optic cable right. from those factory sea to jobs, shining those sea factory jobs are not coming back no. because they were lost to automation yes yeah we won't be using american-made parts for a lot of this it will be part right. from mexico and from well, china assuming, and from we, Brazil can, assuming, and India, assuming we don't yeah. fuck up our trade deals right right yeah we might not be able to get any of that stuff but then yeah. He wants to put, I can't remember, it was $20 billion towards redevelopment of the coal, oil, and fracking industry. God damn it. He wants, he was, he's floated Sarah fucking Palin. Yes. Yeah. So that, that's just going to be my running theme going forward is, is a Republican's first name fucking as their middle name and then their (laughs) last name, right? Donald fucking Trump, Sarah fucking Palin. Well, Trump now does, it, it has two meanings. Trump and fucked. Yeah. Yeah. We've been trumped. Yeah, yes. you've been fucked. <laughs> yeah, the Trump apocalypse. I trumped you. You're gonna, you're gonna trump this old motherfucker up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a quick shout out to the two skeptical chaps. I listened to their most recent episode, and Dan Morris uh, mentioned one of the tweets that I sent out. I can't remember the exact wording of the tweet, but it was basically that. You know, in other news, George W. Bush doesn't have to worry about being <laughs> being marked yeah. down in history as the worst president ever anymore. Andrew Jackson no longer has to worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the reason why I think that that 50% tax for a corporate for corporations is the worst thing to do because right now it's at 35%. Right. It's at 35%, but so much of that can be deferred and and, and even and off. Even then Right. When you break down the amount of tax yeah, dollars this country is the brings base in, rate. that's not right. how much they actually pay. No. Right. But even when you break down when you when it shows on the tax money taken in, mm-hmm. they account for more than 50% of the tax dollars this country takes in. Yeah. You're going to take that and cut it in half. 
you're yeah. going to lose 25% mm-hmm. of the tax dollars that comes into this country. And then you're going to give tax breaks to the wealthiest people in the U.S. Yeah. That's going to cut that down all the money. even more. Yeah. So, I mean, conservatively, I would say we're going to be cutting cat taxes that we're taking in 35 to 40%. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, what I, I haven't seen his actual tax proposal. He's, well, he's yeah, got it up yeah. on the thing. Well, but I mean, if yeah, you, but if it's you not an at, actual. It's not an actual plan. Well, that, that that's it's, that's his proposal, right? That's his proposal. But somebody, not him, he's not going to be able to write a fucking bill to no. save his life. But they might use his numbers for his brackets. They, they might. They might. So, but when you look at. You know what? So the thirty-five is the is the base rate. That's what you know. This is yeah. if you don't have any deductions, whatever. This is what you should pay. Yep. I I don't know what the figures are as far as what corporations actually pay on an average. Well, a lot and of if, a lot if, of them wind up not paying anything, right? Because yeah, you, GE because you, what yeah. last year, or the year before, or two years ago, yeah. they didn't pay anything, right? They because most of our bigger companies are able to do things like offshore their their headquarters. You know, your your headquarters is a PO box somewhere right. in the Cayman Islands. So that's where your tax haven is. And so, I mean, if he instituted something where he said, okay, 15% is it, you don't get any deductions, no write-offs, nothing, you all pay this. And that's the way I think it was. That's it was, why I'm like, I don't know. Is, that, is it that's how much where, do they actually well, yeah, pay that versus could, that? They, yeah, that, that could, in theory, actually work out. Uh, that's where I think he was technically going was right. a progressive flat tax where yeah. you pay, boom, that's what you pay. But you right. are still able at the end of the year to deduct certain things. Well, then that's not really what you pay. No, yeah. it isn't. <laughs> no, well, it's for people because I don't know if the corporate, the corporate, I know he said he wants to close up all the corporate loopholes and the taxes and stuff. Right. And for yeah. people, uh, the one I did agree with, with uh, uh, child daycare. Right. Get a tax break for your child daycare and basically to try mm-hmm. to make that child daycare right. free yeah. right. up to a certain age. <laughs> well, you can already well, do yeah. that. You know, what's, you know what's really funny about that? Do you know whose idea that was originally? Obama's? No, that was Hillary Clinton's ah. idea. That was, that, was one of, that was one of her very old platforms and proposals from when she was first lady. Ah. That was something that she tried to push. Because yeah, when she was first lady, she did a lot of the the. Yeah, the, that the, was the, when they were working on the, the family school. medical leave act. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Getting the the meals for kids at school and such. Right. There's a lot of a lot of yeah. stuff to, to for kids. Right. How? Fu- God damn it! We have to t- we have to get a Republican in office to push Democratic ideas, ideas. to get them through. <laughs> what the fuck? But I mean, he wants to get rid of Medicaid. Dan's making noise with ice. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing I worry about the most with the healthcare thing, if he's able to get it done, the one part that he said that I think he's going to be able to get done is, you know, he's making the whole thing going, oh, once you, once you can open up it across all borders, you can buy insurance from any state you want. Right. But what well, that also lets it, you, the, the company do is put their insurance company in the state with the least restrictive, right. uh, yeah, demands on it. Right, so they can and give you, you would, less for more money. Right, so you you'd see things like you see with uh, with 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 these with credit card companies that are all based out of Delaware. Yeah, because Delaware has the least lax laws. Oh, the, yeah, or and, the most lax reg, laws. The, the regulate le, yeah. least lax least regulated. Yes, there you go. <laughs> I'm doing good with words. Most <laughs> lax, least regulated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you'll see that you'll see something similar with insurance. Uh, what I found encouraging, this is pretty recent that he's after a lot of this is after he met and talked with Obama. 
he's come out now and said that as far as the repeal Obamacare. Yeah. He said he's going to refuse to sign any be any bill repealing Obamacare if it doesn't also have something to replace it with. Which is a no-brainer. That that but is I, I think right. but that's it's, the it's bar is so fucking Again, low. Yeah, it right. Is, it is. But what's killed me. Give is me a piece of turd single, to replace this with. Yeah. Right. Every single bill that that they've uh, that our Republican has uh, Republican Congress has voted on to repeal Obamacare has been missing that. Yeah. And that you well, can't yeah, what just are you going to do? Go, kick no, this kick is 20 just, million and, people off yeah. of insurance rolls? Just like, nope. Oh, fuck you guys. Sorry. Yeah. And, and that's where I don't understand what right. it is. It's going to be a seamless transition. We'll just boom the boom, you know, seamless. It's going to yeah. be right there. Button right up against each other. Ass to ass. It'll be transfer so the shit from one right. to one the yeah. other. So smooth it'll look like right. my hair in the wind. Uh, I love I love conversations with people that hate Obamacare because all you have to do is say, "What don't you like about it?" Yeah. No, oh, my premiums are going up. It's like, oh, your fucking premiums were going, going up, up before anyway. anyway. They're going so, up at a lower rate now. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also some argument now that maybe they're not. Well, and also because they they were, and then they. Just took a big jump, and that yeah. might be market. There's, correction. there's no provision there's no- in the, the Affordable Care Act to have mandates on the insurance companies to to right. not raise it. Right. So that's like the only thing you really need to do to fix it. Is yes, hey, you can't raise your rates more than ten percent a year. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's like because they they made that regulation against fucking gas stations because they were price yeah. gouging. Like, yeah. oh no, you cannot raise your, your rates of gas more than this per day because yeah. you can't fucking price gouge the shit. Yeah. God but, forbid we spend, we spend too much on gas, but that's but where you're going to go bankrupt if you yeah. have cancer. But that's where we run into the and other problem. You die. Yeah. He's got the proposal for every, every, uh, new regulation to have to go. Deregulation is not going to be good. Well, yeah, we've mentioned it several times on the show before that nobody just sits around writing regulations like, hey, I'm bored. Uh, How can we fuck with some companies today? Yeah. Yeah. None of these regulations are just wanting to write a regulation. It's to address a specific fucking concern. Yeah. It amazes me that people don't realize that regulations exist because companies fucked people over. Oh, yeah. They're going to... And they do whatever they can to yeah. get around all of the right. laws and regulations. Right. And so you have to write all kinds of new regulations all the fucking time to keep them in check. That's why I love libertarians. Oh. oh. <laughs> no, the market... Yeah! The market will regulate itself. No, it won't. No, they'll do the right thing. Sure, they will. They well, will if they're not, <laughs> if they're not nice, then nobody's going to shop there. Well, yeah, yeah, they will, if that's the only place to fucking shop. <laughs> This is Lucian Greaves with the Satanic Temple, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. I'm going to use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful... I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. I just like, I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. <laughs> I can do anything. Well, so, what can you do? What can we all do to try to mitigate the the hellscape that could be wrought upon this nation? Honestly, the, the with a Trump administration, the first and maybe the maybe even the only thing that you can really do get the phone numbers, every phone number for your senators 
and your congressmen's get the phone numbers for their, their local offices and their DC offices and call them. This is a, this has been proven, proven. Yes. Call them. Don't, don't send them Facebook messages. Don't write them emails. Tweet. Don't send them letters because they get too many emails and letters to even register. Mm. It's, Oh, look, I got 5 million emails. I'm not going to fucking read those. Mm-hmm. You know what they're going to do? They delete them. Yeah. Oh, they can't do and that. Then, Hillary did that. That's wrong. Oh, <laughs> damn it. You can't delete personal emails. Come on. You gotta be shitting me here. We've yeah. been down this road. Yeah. Oh. yeah. No, the, the only thing we could really do to safeguard anything. And it's really the only thing we've ever been able to do after voting is to call your representatives. Let your voice be heard in a, a positive lot. way. In a lot. Yes. Now, a lot. I'm not going to say I agree with protesting, with with uh, civil protests. Not going civil, out there. Non-violent, civil, protests. non-violent, peaceful protests. The reason why I agree with that is they get, usually the violent ones get more press. But if you keep doing it, it's it's going to be noticed. Right. And that's the thing. I, 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 I was thinking in my head the other day. I'm like, I was thinking of a way to do an art piece. Mm-hmm. A a single person standing in the street holding a sign screaming is not going to be as heard as much as a thousand people standing in the street holding signs. People to realize, right. no, we don't agree with you. So when people are holding signs and people are making fun of saying Trump's not my president, like Doug, yeah, he is. He got elected. Of course he's your president. <laughs> like, no, yeah. you don't get the sentiment. He does not represent you. Right. If he says he's going to be a president mm-hmm. that represents all Americans, that right. means everyone. Right. And that's, that's part of, that's part of the problem with a lot of the protests going on right now. They're very good. They're very, very good at building, uh, and fostering a sense of, I don't necessarily want to say community. I think it does a little bit though. It does a little bit, but just a, a unified front. Yeah. That, you know, maybe we can pull through this if we all get together. But then you get so many people and so many voices. That nobody knows exactly what the protest is for. True. Or what it's saying. Can, yeah. So the, the message, the message gets, gets muddied and lost in chaos. Well, I think that's where, you know, so we, we have protests. Right. At these protests, usually they have people going around signing you up on lists. Yeah. That's where you need to get these people signing people up on lists. Yeah. To get call parties together. Right. To call Congress members and call their, uh, representatives. Mm hmm. Yeah. Lastly, I think that uh, something that we can all do is donate whatever you can to whatever progressive group will fight to represent you in the coming days, weeks, months, and years. Absolutely. The it, you know the the Satanic Temple Lucian has oh yeah. said that they got a huge influx. They had a huge yeah. influx of memberships and people interested in joining there. Mm-hmm. You know, donate to Planned Parenthood, donate to uh, Freedom from Religion Foundation, donate to American Atheists, donate to the Center for Inquiry, donate to your local groups, donate to Atheists of Utah, donate and, to your local atheist group, and, and don't forget mm-hmm. the Hispanic groups that helped for fighting yeah. for for Hispanics going to school, absolutely and for, for Hispanic law councils that are trying to get people to become legal citizens of this country, but are helping right. them get through those loopholes. Donate right. to civil rights organizations. Yeah. Donate ACLU. Yeah, donate to the ACLU. Donate mm-hmm. to uh. And it, 
World Congress of Family? Yeah. Not World Congress no, of Family. No, no, no. Do not do the World Congress of Family. No. Mark, we're sorry. Sorry, Dan, Dan made a mistake. Do not. If you donate anything to the World Congress of Family, you should be a bag of dicks. <laughs> but donate to the group that represent the group and or groups who represent what you want the country to be and who will work to defend you. The the people who have always been there mm-hmm. working right. to defend you and that will need so much more help from you now. Right. And here, here's what I'm doing this year. I haven't told my mother yet, but she's going to hear this. She might, <laughs> she's been listening now and again to these podcasts and maybe she'll get the message through this mm-hmm. on how honest I'm trying to be with this. I'm going to ask all my family members this year, if they want to get me anything for Christmas to fucking take that money and donate it to one of these groups. Yeah. And that's a very good thing to do. Yeah. So if you want to forego Christmas for one year, we're all atheists. It doesn't fucking mean shit. (laughs) (laughs) Do something good. Take these organizations and say, hey, family members, I want you this year, instead of buying me some new sweater or a scarf or a video game, that I'm going to play for a few weeks or might wear for a couple times, Mm -hmm. take that money and donate it to one of these organizations that are being threatened by this upcoming fucking Congress, Senate, and president from being defunded. Yeah, I like that idea. I might do it. Uh, I mean, uh, unless anybody out there wants to get me one of those Sphero BB-8s, I'll take that. (laughs) But if you're not going to give me one of those, the donation is a good thing. I actually did what Ryan is (laughs) suggesting uh, either last year or the year before for my birthday. And I'm, I am going to do that again this year for both Christmas and my birthday. That if any of my friends or family members would like to get me anything, I will give them a list of organizations that I would much rather their money go to, you know, and, and for my LDS or Christian family members who may not want to donate to the satanic, the satanic temple yeah. or American atheists or atheists of Utah or freedom from religion foundation or CFI or any of those, any of those organizations that I think are fucking fantastic and wonderful, then I will ask them for cash and I will be making those donations myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need anything there. I have clothing. I have a house. I have a car. I have, I don't, I, 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 I don't have any needs that I need fulfilled. I have wants. There are shit tons of things that I would want and that it would be cool. I would much rather that that money go for a much better cause. So, yeah, I will be doing that as well. And I would encourage everybody who's listening to do the same. And don't just complain every four years, whether you voted or not. Get out there and fucking work. Work for the campaigns. Work for the people running for office who you believe in and who will best represent your values. Knock on doors. Work phone banks. Donate to their campaigns. Do whatever you can to help them get in office. Well, should we move on to the interview? I guess, we could, yeah, we got a positive interview coming up. It'll be good. Well, yeah. and, and real quick, before we move to the interview on a positive note, I was able to wander out and stand in line and got a, any, uh, classic NES game. Oh, system. yeah. You yeah. Did. You're like one of the few that is, the lucky. that is still in the box. I have yet to even what? crack the box open. You know, they're going for like four or 500 on eBay. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been tempted, but I'm like, oh man, I, I want to kind of want to have the memories, but. but you know, they're going to make more, and you oh, can yeah. buy, like, two yeah. if you sell them. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 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 Yeah. Just delay my satisfaction yeah. for a little bit. That's a possibility. <laughs> I I originally was wanting to get a couple of them, and then I was mm-hmm. going to donate one to Atheist of Utah for the gala and yeah. for the raffle and all that, but 
I don't know. We'll have to see how that shakes out. That's why I haven't opened it actually, oh, is because you, you still haven't decided. I'm waiting what to, do to see it. when others will be available and how much and all of that kind of stuff. So that's, that's pretty. Just that's open it because I'm a nice I like, fucking guy, I like, man. I like your. I'm I like shelving your my own desire to play the damn thing because I may want to help a local group here. Just so. open it very carefully and keep all very, the packaging. Very carefully. <laughs> But we do have uh, in a, an interview with uh, Mike Norton, also known as New Name Noah on YouTube. He is the guy who records all of those wonderful, uh, wonderful secret hidden camera uh, recordings at the LDS temples, showing you just how fucking weird and creepy yeah, all that shit yeah. is that goes on in there, man. Fucking cult. All oh. of their secretive nonsense. Do yourself, yeah, if, you haven't, if you haven't seen these videos, do yourself a favor and, and, you know, block out some time, um, have a drink first <laughs> to get through the weirdness. Nothing psychedelic. Yeah. Please stand by. The Godless Revolution will continue in a moment. So if, if the person you're contemplating voting for believes all that, believes that the Garden of Eden was in Missouri, <laughs> believes that Native Americans are the lost ten tribes of Israel, believes that Jesus visited North America. I mean, these beliefs are barking mad. You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one... Okay, joining us by Skype, we have Mike Norton. Everybody probably knows him better by his moniker that he uses on YouTube of New Name Noah. How are you doing tonight? Very good, very good. Hey, don't forget I'm on Twitter as well. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and is your Twitter handle New Name Noah as well? It is, yeah, at New Name Noah. Okay, great. That makes it easy. Yes, very easy yes, to remember. So, uh, I put out a call for questions to people, but you know, of our audience to see what questions they had for you. Um, but before we get into those, I thought we could do just kind of an introduction. Um, talk about your background a little bit, that kind of stuff. Uh, so, of course, you're most famous for, maybe infamous, depending on who we're talking to, <laughs> uh, for your recordings of, your, your secret hidden camera recordings of uh, Mormon temple ceremonies. Yeah. How how did that all come about? I mean, was that something you just thought one day, hey, I'm going to take a take a hidden camera into the temple with me? Um, you know, kind of, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it actually actually I I left keep on I was born and raised in the church. Uh I was born in the 60s. I got baptized in the 70s. I went on a mission in the 80s. Uh I got married in the temple, the whole shebang. So I I was a faithful member my entire life. Uh, in early 2002, January actually 2002, uh, myself and my then wife and I and our children left the church when we realized that we were in a cult. Um, and immediately I, I created, I, I started being rather vocal about my staunch uh, position that Mormonism was a cult and, and Joseph Smith was a fraud. You know, I had a little website, and uh, and then like in 2005, the Mormon Church made significant changes to the washing and anointing ceremony in the temple, and there was a lot of buzz online the weekend before this change took place, where people were saying essentially, "Hey, you know, there's 
they're doing some kind of a change to the washing and anointing ceremony starting January 18th of 2005. So even though I'd been out of the church for several years, I forged a temple recommend, which I had done dozens and dozens of times before. And I went through the Jordan River Temple and went through the initiatory. And my plan originally was to essentially go through the washing and anointing ceremony probably 30 or 40 times, or I should say for 30 or 40 names, so that essentially each time I go do like 10 names, I go back to my locker and I was going to write down some notes. And I was going to go back and do 10 more names, then come back and write down notes. But after I did the first batch of names, because they made major changes to the ceremony, uh, on January 18th, 2005, they stopped doing what most uh, former members refer to as the nearly naked touching. You were essentially wearing absolutely nothing and uh, except for this very thin shield, is what they called it, that would make a hospital gown uh, seem bulky. Uh, <laughs> they were very, very, very thin, slit way up the sides, and during the washing and anointing ceremony, the ordinance workers would reach underneath this shield gown type of thing and touch you all over your naked body with oil. With first with water and then with oil, so on January eighteenth, two thousand five, they stopped doing that. After I went through the first ten names, and I was going to head back to my locker. I saw there was a study booth. It just had study booth in it, and I thought, oh, it can't be this easy. So <laughs> I stepped foot in the study booth, and there was a couple of guys sitting in there reading and memorizing the new script, and they both had like laminated copies of these of the new Washington anointing script. And I asked one of them, a uh, Hispanic fellow, I said, Hey, can I see that for a second? Because I, I think there was one reference in Exodus. that I think they were off by the chapter and verse. Can I, uh. can I see that? So he, he, Oh, sure. So he hands me the script and I said, is there some scriptures around here somewhere? Where's some scriptures? And I just kind of, I let the curtain shut between, you know, close between him and I, as I went off and search for a set of scriptures. When in reality, I got the hell out of Dodge. I walked straight <laughs> out of the building with a laminated copy of the new ceremony, and I had the changes online on my on my website within hours of them wow. going into effect. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, that six was, days yeah, later, yeah, I had a visit from easy. church security. Oh. Uh, what's that? Yeah, that was too easy. It was ridiculous. Was yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I... Um, my very first stop after I left was the Utah Lighthouse Ministry. I went and visited Lisa Tanner, and I gave her a copy of the uh, of the uh, you know laminated copy mm -hmm. that I had taken from the temple, and and um, I went straight home and posted it online that night. Um, that was in 2005. Church security showed up at my house like six days later with a with a letter essentially saying, "Hey." Stay out of our temples or else. <laughs> uh, we're going to raise our arms to the square and have Elohim the Kolob yeah. strike you down or something. I don't know. Um, but that was 2005. So I've kind of been pinning their ass uh, ever since I left the church in 2002. But in 2011, I started actually going into the temple and videotaping uh, the endowment ceremony. And now I'm happy to say that as of the 4th of July of this year, I have online the entire 
endowment ceremony, both the movie version and a live version recorded in the, in the Salt Lake Temple. I've got the entire washing and anointing ceremony on video, and that was a real bugger, play, the placement of the cameras for that one. Um, and I've got a ceiling ceremony on video, as, as well as baptisms for the dead, and I'm soon going to be posting confirmations for the dead as well. I actually was uh, participating in that, but... Um, I've got everything but a second anointing, essentially, and so pretty much uh, all the Mormon temple ceremonies uh, have, have been exposed, and I think that is the worst thing that happened to Mormonism since, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't know, like Mark Hoffman. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it, it really is. The, I mean, let's face it. Anybody seriously investigating Mormonism, if they just typed in Mormon temple ceremony mm-hmm. on YouTube— they would watch the endowment ceremony and be like, what the, what the fuck am I? This is a cult. Holy yeah. shit. This is a cult. I had actually made the Nobody same had, comments yeah. watching your videos. And I'm like, how can anyone get to this point and be doing this ceremony and not go, oh, fuck, this is a cult. I'm out. Oh, yeah. But no, they stick you know, around. One, one of my personal favorite stories, I, I get emails and letters from people all the time and phone calls, but one of my personal favorite ones was a kid that he was 19 years old. His name is Eric. Uh, I, online, I list him as Stephen, but his, his real name is Eric. He was befriended by missionaries um, in the United States, uh, converted to the church, was an active member of the church for uh, about six months. And was called to be a social media uh, missionary. And essentially, his job was to be one of the moderators for the Mormon.org Facebook page. And whenever anybody actually – and during training, they said – you know, if anybody ever posts a link to one of the uh, the temple videos, you need to delete the video and you need to ban the person who posted the link for life. (laughs) <laughs> and he thought his response keep in mind this is this is a kid that's been a convert for six months he thought yeah. temple videos huh wonder what they're talking about oh. so he typed he went to youtube typed in mormon temple videos and realized holy shit i've joined a cult oh yeah. my god mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he wound up leaving the church and in fact he gave me a copy of the actual training video that I've got, I've got posted on my channel now with some slight editing to uh, protect the identity of the of the instructor. But his training video, where they specifically said, you know, if somebody posts a link to a temple video, you got to delete the video and all. That. Oh. He sent me that video, <laughs> so it's a hoot. He's a nice kid. That's crazy. It is. I mean, why you would think that if they didn't feel that the temple ceremony was weird and strange. And and was all above board that they would have no problem with it being out there, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's you know the old Mormon mantra that uh, you know it's not it's not secret. It's it's sacred. sacred yeah. yeah, it's just that's such bullshit because it's like, come on, if 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 you don't talk about it, and if ninety nine point nine percent of potential converts to your church aren't told anything about the temple ceremonies, and ninety nine percent of Mormons under the age of 18 don't know about the ceremonies. That's a secret. I mean, you can say it's secret, but you're clearly (laughs) keeping it a secret. And I mean, I, I'm kind of old school where I went to the temple back in 1987 and we were required to 
pantomime slitting our own throats and our stomachs and pretending to rip our hearts out of our chests as we swore an oath to never reveal the things that we did in the temple, including those those throat slitting motions and the handshakes mm-hmm. and all that. And it's like we were sworn to secrecy. So when people say hey, it's not secret, it's not, it's all, it's like, really, please come on. Yeah. I, I suffered my, I panel, I'm suffering my life to be taken as I slit my own throat. Don't tell me it's not a secret. So I, I want to, it's not a secret anymore though. I'll tell no, you <laughs> definitely not. So I want to, I want to skip backward a little bit here. So yeah. You you started by saying that you were born in the '60s, baptized in the '70s. Was your mission in the '80s? Yes, '87, uh, '89. And and where did you serve that? The California Ventura Mission. <laughs> I'm sorry. What you know? It, it was uh, it wasn't so bad. I I'd say half of my mission I served in the uh, San Fernando Valley. I was in Reseda, Sepulveda. Tarzana, Northridge, um, and I, I generally enjoyed the experience. I would, I would have to say, you know, if I had to give it a thumbs up or thumbs down as a life experience, it, you know, I'd definitely give it at least one thumbs up, if not, <laughs> if not two. It was my only regret, honestly, is that I didn't go on a mission and learn how to speak Spanish. Mm. That'd come in really handy right about now. <laughs> oh, really? They, they didn't have you learn to speak Spanish going going to? No, the, really, I was English English speaking mission. Oh wow, that's that's kind of surprising, actually. But For, I guess this was there, it was. There's the a 80s, lot of yeah. Spanish speaking missionaries in in San Fernando Valley in the Los Angeles area. There's a lot of Spanish speaking missionaries, but. Keep in mind that, that my first area in the San Fernando Valley was in the Encino Ward. Um, Encino, like where Michael Jackson lived. So there was, it was an upper scale white ward. There wasn't a single black person in our entire ward or Hispanic for that matter. Um, and the bishop was, was worth tens of millions of dollars. Mm. Um, so, so. You know, I, I I was serving in in the nicer areas of the San Fernando Valley as a missionary, and and it was it was an experience. Hmm. Okay. So you so you're born in the '60s, baptized in the '70s, go on a mission in the '80s, go to the temple in 1987, and then in 2002 you realized you're in a cult. So what was it? What was it between like '87 when you first go to the temple? And 2002, when you, when you have this realization, first, what, what led you to the realization? And, and then maybe we can explore why, why there was a, why well, there was that long time, why there was such a long period of you being in the church. I, I, ironically, while I was on my mission, I was kind of, uh, I became known throughout the mission as kind of a more, uh, the, the unofficial mission apologist. If somebody had a question about anti-Mormon stuff, Elder Norton was the one to go to, and, and, and Norton had all the answers to all the anti-Mormon stuff. My very first area was Bakersfield, and I uh, came across some, some anti-Mormon pamphlet in my very first week or two, and, and it was from a guy named Jim Spencer, and his phone number was on the back of this pamphlet. Now, this is back before the Internet, so I, I couldn't you know email him or anything. I called his phone number, and he answered the phone, and I— and I pretended, much to the amusement of the other three missionaries in the apartment I was living in, I pretended to be 
a investigator, uh, a potential <laughs> convert to Mormonism, and I just really wanted to know if Mormonism was true or not, and I wanted to know if he could send me any pamphlets or books or videos or anything that might help me make up my mind about Mormonism, whether or not it was a cult. And, oh, and in the meantime, would he mind giving me names and phone numbers of other famous, well-known ex-Mormons uh, that might be able to help me? So he gave me the home phone number <laughs> of Gerald and Sandra Tanner and Ed Decker and Dick Bear and Chuck and Dolly Sackett. And Walter, the Bible answer man, Martin, and and so I'm calling, I'm calling all of these anti Mormons all over the United States, and they're sending me all these free books and and cassettes and and videos and all of that, and I was laughing. We thought it was hilarious, um, but there's one that I got that kind of scared the shit out of me a little bit, so I quit reading it. It was Mormonism: Shadow of Reality by Gerald and Sandra Tanner. That book shook my testimony so i chose to not read it uh, um mm. and i just kind of i was like yeah that scares me um it, it really did it scared me i mean i was born and raised in the church and all of a sudden i'm reading this stuff that was very convincing to me that joseph smith was a fraud but i didn't want to know the truth was, at that time in my life i wanted the church to be true more than i wanted the truth you had a doubt and, your doubts uh, <laughs> yeah that's what they that? tell you so you had a doubt your doubts yeah. So, uh, you know, I went home my mission. I got married in the temple six weeks after my mission to mm-hmm. a girl that waited for me while I was on my mission. And, you know, we had three kids together and all that. In fact, one of my first jobs after my mission, ironically, was working in the temple, in the Logan Temple in uh, Logan, Utah, uh, as a security guard. Part of my – first I started as a custodian, but my hours, a lot of my hours after midnight typically were at security, where I would go around and do security rounds. Um, that was that was back in the early 90s. But I just kind of did my little thing and all that, and it wasn't until 2001 I was online uh, making fairly good money at the time. And so I went online looking – for a something cool that I could hang on the wall in my living room. So when the home teachers came over and they saw it, they'd be like, hey, that's cool. You know, I, I wanted to combine my love of history, because I'm a huge history buff, with my love of the church. So I decided to purchase for about $5,000 an original Mark Hoffman forgery. Wow. <laughs> and, and nice. you, guys, you guys know who Mark Hoffman oh, is? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you can buy Mark Hoffman forgeries now, and and they're you know they're valued anywhere from two, three thousand dollars, five thousand, ten thousand. I mean, some of them are very expensive, um, but they're they're marked and very clearly labeled as forgery. But I I thought it'd be cool. I thought a Mark Hoffman forgery would be cool. And during the course of my search for a Mark Hoffman forgery to hang on my living room wall, I came across. A non-apologist point of view of the Kinderhook plate story, mm. and the Kinderhook plates. For anybody that doesn't know, it's in a nutshell: it, some guys in Kinderhook, Illinois, uh, back in like 1842, made up these phony little brass plates to fool Joseph Smith. Uh, they said they, you know, dug them up from this hillside, and and Joseph Smith gave a partial translation of these these brass plates and said that they were ancient of, in origin, 
they contained a record of the man with whom they were buried, and he was a descendant of uh, the pharaoh, and blah blah blah. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of bullshit. Um, but and I was familiar with the Kinderhook plates because as my time as an unofficial apologist on my mission, but I was unfamiliar with the non-Mormon, the non-church-friendly point of view of the whole story, <laughs> and that that was a concern to me because I realized for the first time in my life that my church had clearly intentionally misled its members and and concealed facts that were very, very pertinent and relevant to the story. And so I thought, well, shit. Well, we don't have the Book of Kinderhook, uh, you know, in the Doctrine and Covenants or the Pearl of Great Price. So it's not like Joseph Smith's translation turned into scripture. But mm-hmm. then I thought, but what if he did that to something else? So I started digging into the Book of Abraham. Oh, and and that was it for me. I mean, yeah. my search in the book of Abraham made me realize, holy shit, he made it up. Oh, my God. And then I dug into the Doctrine and Covenants and looked at all the changes made from 1833 to 1835. And the last thing I actually dug into is the Book of Mormon. By the time I got to the Book of Mormon, I was 95% sure Joseph Smith was uh, a fraud. And then I just – it took a very – simple search of anachronisms in the Book of Mormon to realize, okay, you know, he's a complete and total <laughs> charlatan. Yeah. It just, mm-hmm. it was sickening. I, I, my, it changed my world over the course. And keep in mind that, that I probably spent about 18 hours per day every day for about a month and a half to two months before I came to the undeniable conclusion the church is not true. Joseph Smith was a fraud. Um, I, we've got to leave the church. And and I sat down with my wife and had a conversation with her, and she agreed that yep, yep, the church isn't true. And we just left. We wrote a letter to the bishop, and and uh, January six two thousand and two handed that letter into the mm-hmm. bishop and the stake president, and then we mailed a copy to about forty friends and family members. Oh wow! And how did that go over? Was it like a fart in church? Oh, that that went over like a that went over like a lead balloon. We actually had, we actually had the bishop and the stake president show up at our house the evening of January six, two thousand two, when we turned in the letter, and the stake president said, "The you know we may actually have to excommunicate you instead of honor your." request to have your name taken off the record. Like, what? What the? Why? And he says, well, because of this letter that you you sent out. You gave this letter to your home teachers. You gave this letter to the, the families you were home teaching. You gave this, you know, to, to all, all, you know, half the people in the ward. So, um, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Is there anything in that letter that is not true? And the bishop and the stake president both looked at each other for a second, and they were like, hey, psst. They were both like, uh, no, actually, you know, there's really, there's really nothing in the, in your letter that isn't true. And I said, <laughs> so you're telling me you might have to excommunicate me because I shared the truth with people that's not faith promoting. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and he was like, well, yeah, pretty much. And I said, okay, well, <laughs> you're telling me, I, I'm saying I quit, and you're telling me you can't quit. We're going to fire you. We'll see about that. I said, yeah. I said, if you don't honor my request to take my name off the records of the church, I'm going to send a copy of this eight-page letter 
to every single man, woman, and child in our entire stake. Right. And there was some pretty damning stuff. Think of it as a very, very early draft of the CES letter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I whittled down my top 12 concerns with the church, with the historicity and the, and the truthfulness of the church. I whittled it down to 12 problems and that was my letter to the bishop and the stake president and and the letter that i sent out to friends and family members since then uh keep in mind i'm the youngest of seven kids uh i only have one one brother sibling actually that's uh still a member of the church although he's not active he doesn't pay tithing he drinks wine he doesn't wear his garments and he has a living <laughs> girlfriend he'll defend mormonism till you know with his dying breath <laughs> Um, but my mother at the age of 69 left the church oh, wow. uh, and, and for the most part, the rest of my family wants nothing to do with Mormonism. And even my one brother who still is technically a Mormon is far from a temple worthy active member. So my, my whole family is essentially out of the church. And, and is so this all far, because of you under Satan's guidance? <laughs> Uh, no, my sister left on her own, actually. I, I do uh-huh. have one sister and, and she, uh, she left the church years ago, uh, long before I did. I think she kind of saw the bullshit in it and left. She ran, she, she left home when she was 17 and got married to a guy very, very young. Um, and I think she hated, I think she, I think she hated Mormonism growing up. So the last thing she was going to do was be a Mormon, uh, when she had her, when she truly had free agency, you know what I mean? Because mm. let's face it, most Mormons don't have free agency. I mean, you take your, a look at your typical eight-year-old kid. Do they really have a choice when it comes time to getting baptized? Can Are there a lot of eight-year-old no. kids that say, no. yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on that for a couple years, Mom? Uh, yeah, yeah until that, I make that. up my mind and I actually know that the church is true. true. I, yeah. When I was baptized at the age of eight, I had no idea what was going on. I thought it was cool that my dad was going to get in a pool with me and dunk me, and then people would give me gifts. And then it turns out that the yeah. gifts were all bullshit. <laughs> it was, <laughs> coloring, it was book like, Mormon coloring books book and shit like that. I was like, damn it, this all sucks. <laughs> I can get this shit for free at church, man. Forgiveness coloring books. Oh yeah. Well, I've I've known I've known kids. I knew I knew kids when I was around eight years old that uh, that had said, you know, I'm not sure if I want to do this, and they were all told in varying ways, if you don't do it now, you'll regret it later. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and and then they I like how the threats they use. They'll they'll say something like. Uh, you know, and what if you got in a car accident? Yeah. Uh, you know, three, uh, three days from now and you didn't get baptized. What would happen yeah. then? Mm-hmm. Then what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this was, this was it's the, like, 80, oh this was, this was the, the, the late eighties. So it was, well, what if you got kidnapped? Oh, you yeah. know, you know, those Satanists are driving around in vans picking kids up. <laughs> <laughs> the next rant will start right after this. Uh, I would consider the the unique features of Mormonism, which may play some role in the next presidential election. Mormonism, it seems to me, objectively, is just a little bit more idiotic than Christianity is. (laughs) It it, it has to be. It is Christianity plus some very stupid ideas. (laughs) For instance, the Mormons think that Jesus is going to return to earth and administer his thousand years of peace 
at least part of the time from the state of Missouri. <laughs> now, why does this make Mormonism objectively less likely to be true than Christianity? Because what, whatever probability you assign to Jesus' coming back, you have to assign a lesser probability to his coming back and keeping a summer home in Jackson County, Missouri. <laughs> Mitt Romney, if he wants to be the next president of the United States, should be made to feel the burden of our, of our incredulity. We can make common cause with our Christian brothers and sisters on this point. Just what does the man believe? The world should know about it, and it is almost guaranteed to be embarrassing even to most people who believe in a biblical God. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. So if you had to point to any one thing that kick-started your exit from the church, it would have been the kinder, hear, first hearing about the Kinderhook plates? The Kinderhook plates, but the the uh, the non-Mormon version of the Kinderhook plates is very important because, see, with the Kinderhook plates, there's this quote in the church history that, that essentially was William Clayton, uh, it was a quote taken from William Clayton's personal journal and turned from a third-hand account into a first-hand account. So William Clayton wrote, President Smith has translated a portion of the plates, and President Smith says they contain a record of the man with whom they are buried. Well, in the church history, it was changed to, I see they contain a record of the man with whom they are buried. You know, and it's, So it's a first-hand account from Joseph Smith. The church's argument was, you know, uh, w there's really no evidence that Joseph Smith was interested in the Kinderhood plates, and, and, and one member wrote down in his journal that, you know, Joseph Smith had some interest in translating the plates and made a partial translation. But where this member got this idea, we just don't know. That was the, the, the church's point of view. The facts are that William Clayton was employed as Joseph Smith's personal secretary. And the same journal that he wrote about Joseph Smith's interest and partial translation of the Kinderhook plates in, that same journal gave us two full sections of the Doctrine and Covenants. So the church just kind of brushes that under the table. That's like a historian a hundred years from now saying, you know, some some woman back in the 1990s said that Bill Clinton had a small penis. Her name is Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> now, how Monica Lewinsky got this idea, we just don't know. <laughs> but she wrote it in her journal. Does that mean that Bill Clinton had a small penis? No. Just because some woman wrote it in her journal, you can't brush under the table the fact that that woman was Monica Lewinsky and she had his semen on her dress. So Pretty safe to say Monica Lewinsky's seen Bill Clinton's dick, and it's pretty safe to say that William Clayton's recollection of what Joseph Smith said with the Kinderhook plates can't be dismissed as just some member wrote in his journal. Uh, it, that was a huge, huge issue for me, and I felt like the church intentionally concealed this fact. In fact, I actually wrote a letter, an email, to the guy that wrote the Ensign article. I'm going to say it was like in 1981, the church did an Ensign article about the Kinderhook plates. And I wrote an email to this guy basically calling him out, saying, how dare you you know, sweep under the rug the fact that William Clayton was employed by Joseph Smith to to document everything that Smith said and did 
it just it, it was so wrong and it led me on a course that led me out of the church and it was a wow it was a real uh life changer i mean it it blows you away when you're born and raised in a cult and you don't realize till you're 33 fucking years old that you were born and raised in a cult <laughs> you're like whole it's yeah it's mind blowing and so I get these emails from these kids nowadays that are like 18, 17 years old, 18 years old, 19 years old saying, holy shit, I'm in a cult. And yeah. I just think, man, I can't imagine yeah. what, would, what how different life would have been if I had realized I was in a cult when I was 19 years old instead of 33. Well, you probably wouldn't be doing the work you're doing now and helping these young kids escape the cult that they are in and realizing it. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I feel that, um, the videos are really important the temple videos. I mean, a lot of people have said, well, I should rephrase a lot of Mormons have said <laughs> about my videos. Um, you know, this information isn't secret. It's been available for years. Anybody can look it up and read it. But, and that's true. I mean, I mean, when I was a missionary, I could have, sent off and gotten a book, which actually I think I did, that had the full transcript of the temple ceremony in the book. But there's a huge difference between reading it in a book. I mean, the fact is most people aren't going to actually bother reading that drivel. Yeah. Um, but if you say, here's a five-minute video that shows what they do in Mormon temples, well, oh, shit, what? I mean, I've got three and a half million views on YouTube so far and counting um, because people will watch a five minute video. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to tell them, Hey, want to see what goes on in Mormon temples? Watch this. People are going to click on that. And I get emails from 13, 14 year old Mormon kids all the time saying, this is a lie. This isn't what we do in the temples. And I usually <laughs> will tell them, I usually say, you know what? Go to your mom and dad or your bishop and say, let me show you something. Somebody posted this online the other day, and they said, this is what we do in the temple. This isn't what we do in the temple, is it? Show them the video. <laughs> and, 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 but I tell the kids, watch the look on their faces because that's all the answer you're going to need. They're going to have you turn the video off immediately. They're going to explain to you that, oh, yes, it is, but – you don't feel the spirit because you're watching it on YouTube instead of sitting in the temple doing it. And it's just, it's so sad and ridiculous. Um, but I, I get emails from kids all the time though. And, and a lot of them will come around. I, it doesn't take much effort to convince them. No, really seriously, kid, go to LDS.org and type in Elohim. Yeah. I mean, come on, the, the, the shit's available out there. You just got to look for it. Mm -hmm. I've had Mormon kids as young as 10 years old with their own YouTube channels contacting me and saying how my videos are lies, damn lies. <laughs> you like, just wait, buddy. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I asked this one kid, she was, she was 10 or 11 years old, a little Mormon girl who contacted me and was commenting on one of my videos. And I asked her privately to describe her dream wedding. What would mm. her dream wedding be like? And, and of course, you know, she had all the standard stuff. The flower girl, you know, walking down the aisle, you know, beautiful music playing, a beautiful dress, uh, bridesmaids, the whole shebang. And I, and I told her, do you realize that in a Mormon temple wedding, you don't get 
any of that stuff. Yeah, sorry you to no shit flower your girl. dreams, sweetheart, but that's not going to yeah, happen. There's no flower girl. There's no aisle to walk down. There's no you don't. Odds are you don't get to wear the, your dream dress because it's not modest enough for the mm. temple. And then to top it off, you 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 and your husband are both wearing bright green aprons. <laughs> but rest assured, it's okay because your husband's wearing a baker's hat that's yeah. tied to his shoulder by a string. It's ridiculous. And, and that's online now. And so, I mean, in fact, I made a shortcut. It's tinyurl.com slash Mormon temple wedding. Little girls, little Mormon girls deserve to know what their, what their actual wedding day will look like. And it's, there's no flower girls. So there's no music. There's no bouquet. There's no bridesmaids. There's none of that. And in fact, half their friends and family members, unless they wear the right underwear, can't even attend the wedding. And, uh, you know, they're wearing ridiculous outfits and kneeling across from each other at an altar holding hands in a Masonic hand grip. It's just, it's ridiculous. And yet, and yet Mormon girls and boys, from the time their toddlers are taught to think that the temple is the end all be all of their existence and getting married in the temple. Wow. There, there really is no alternative yeah. to either temple, to temple marriage or, or hell as far as <laughs> yeah. they're, they're concerned. I've seen, yeah. I've watched that video. It's just, it looks so awkward <laughs> as far as a wedding goes. That's just not, it's not what anybody expects. Reasonable would, would want from a wedding. Yeah, nobody in the right mind's going to watch that and think, "Oh yeah, oh, that's, that's so, so beautiful." Hell, they don't even use the word love during the entire ceremony. The word love is never actually mentioned. Mm-mm. Well, marriage isn't about love; it's about no, procreating it's and have yeah. as many kids as you can populate this earth with, <laughs> and tying down yeah. some woman to be your bride and yeah. make yeah. you sandwiches. Yeah, who, who will, you know, have kids who who will be raised in the church to pay tithing. So when you when you got out of the church. Were you you were still were you still with your first wife? Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, my first wife and I left the church together in like 2002, and we didn't get divorced till like 2005, I think. So, did you guys just kind of was your progression out of the church? Was that done together? Was that was there some yeah, very much there? so? I, I mean, I, I realized at first that the church wasn't true, and um, it, it took me three hours to convince her. Once I sat down with her and I told her, uh, I, in fact, I remember it very well. I said to her, what would you say if I told you that Joseph Smith was a pathological liar and the church isn't true? And she burst into tears on the spot. What? What? Why would you say such a thing? (laughs) She'd been born and raised in the church. Her father was uh, a bishop and everything at one point. So yeah, she was appalled. And I said, sit down, we need to talk, let me show you the evidence. And three hours later, she was basically like, yeah, you're right, I'm done. I gave her a three-hour tutorial on the, the CES letter, if it existed in, in 2002. Actually, that would have been late 2001, and then we left officially on January 6th of 2002. So, yeah, we were... We were pretty much on the same page and got out together, and but uh, yeah, we just kind of uh, had a crappy marriage and wound up getting divorced. But you know, yeah. it is what it is. Had well, a few kids, and kids are good, good kids. So, well, and it's good that you guys could at least do that together. You know, I hear so many stories of people whose families 
end up breaking up just because of the church. Where oh, yeah. one, you know, where one spouse doesn't want to leave or still thinks it's true or, you know, refuses to actually look at any of the evidence or believe any of the evidence and just chooses to try to hang on and, and it ruins their marriage because of it. Well, they, they wind yeah. up, they wind up focusing so much energy on trying to get their spouse back into the church because they think that'll save something. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. It's, it's, it's broken up a, a lot of, a lot of marriages, um, which is you have to appreciate the irony of the whole families are for everything. Yeah. It's all it's all yeah. about the family. But if all of a sudden uh, a man or a woman decides the church isn't true and they're going to leave it, then all of a sudden you've got bishops and counselors telling them, you know, you need to get divorced. You need to you need to divorce them. I mean, if. If he's not a worthy priesthood holder, you just yeah. need to you need to get a divorce now. Yeah, families are forever unless you're gay or a non-believer in the church. Yeah, then you can go to hell. <laughs> damn sodomite! <laughs> At least my, my friends will be there. So, yeah. <laughs> so when the when the church changed their changed their nearly naked touching in in 2005, did they give any explanation of of why they were changing that at the time? Uh, they really didn't know. Um, uh, they, didn't, they didn't come out and say, no. you know, this is really creeping people the fuck yeah. out. <laughs> so we need to change. Well, it. you know, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why they changed it. Um, I, I think at least it all goes back to 1988. The church sent out a survey uh, to about 4,400 temple-going members and asked them essentially uh, these, all these open-ended questions. You know, I mean. What did you like about the, your first time at the temple? What what didn't you like? Um, and and from that survey, undoubtedly, they had a lot of people saying, "Well, I, you know, the whole chanting Pele Ale kind of freaked me out. That was weird." <laughs> and you know, I mean, why don't we just say, "Oh God, hear the words of my mouth"? I mean, why are we chanting in some foreign language? <clears throat> I'm sure a lot of people complained about the. Uh, Five points of fellowship of the veil. It wasn't uncommon for a sister to feel a mysterious sixth point of fellowship at the veil, if you know what I mean. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my back up. I was just saying, one second. Okay, anyway, so, uh, and I suspect with that same survey, people complained about the, the, the initiatory and how they felt exposed and naked because, well, they, they, they were, were. They were. Yeah. exposed and naked. Um, so I'm kind of surprised that the initiatory changes didn't go into effect at the same time as the endowment changes in 1990. Um, and then, of course, I, I don't know. I think you guys probably know this. They changed the initiatory again on May 17th of this year. And in fact, I actually went through the temple just like four days after this, what happened? Like 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, four days later, <laughs> you are now completely and fully clothed when you receive, when you go through the washing and anointing ceremony. So you're, I mean, if you're a man, you're wearing shoes, socks, oh. pants, shirt, tie, the whole shebang. Um, you're not wearing your temple robes, you know, the green apron and all that, but you're mm -hmm. fully dressed. And ever since 2005, January, they, they just touch you on the forehead with water and put a drop of oil on your head. Huh. Um, so I guess they, I think it was a financial thing where they realized, you know, we're paying to wash all of these shields, but 
we don't really have use for the shield anymore because we're not touching them all over their body. So since we're not touching them all over their body, why don't we just have them wear their regular wipes? We won't be washing and cleaning all the shields for free, and we'll get more white clothing, uh, you know, uh, rentals, uh, or people will be buying more white clothing. So it was a no-brainer, if you ask me. Is this financial? <laughs> I'm but, a, um, that's how that's how LDS Inc. works. It is. It's all. It's all about the finances. Oh, and yeah. How can we save some money? And how can we trim costs here? And 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 you know, let's, let's, what if what if the members did all the custodial work and we laid off all of the custodians for every <laughs> and you know, and somebody you know that came up in a meeting somewhere and somebody was like, "Yeah, I like yeah. where you're going uh, with this." Yeah, <laughs> an all volunteer staff. I mean, that's the overhead is amazing. Yep. I've always I've always imagined that the uh, part of their part of their the the impetus for changing that endowment ceremony was just how many people really creepy people were lining up just for that <laughs> oh. <laughs> just to participate just in to the participate ceremony in that in that one particular ceremony for for uh you know whatever, whatever reason. reason you might imagine uh, but I'm sure there were enough people who were getting off on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I want oh, yeah. to. There's no, there's no doubt. There are some. Oh, there yeah. are some really weird guys. I and mean, who's going to volunteer to to run the washing and anointing and be touching strangers all over their entire bodies? Mm-hmm. Come on. I know a couple of people. I work with yeah. one of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can't volunteer every day. It's just not cool, man. So I wanted to back up a little bit too. You you mentioned that. Uh, church security showed up at your house in 2005. How did they even know where to go? Um, well, I mean, my address at the time, keep in mind that I was, I was living in Layton. Uh, it was 2005. At the time, <clears throat> I was still, uh, uh, employed by, ironically, my former father-in-law. Well, actually, actually, he was still my father-in-law at the time. So, so I was still, no, actually, I think we got divorced by then, but I was still working for him. He and I ran a business together. And so he knew where I lived and he's an active faithful member of the church. So the church, obviously all I had to do was just ask my former father-in-law where I lived and they could come to my house. So that's exactly what they did. Um, keep in mind, when I would go to the temple back in 2002 and 2003, 2004, 2005, I would usually leave like a note behind saying, hey, you know, uh, you know, go to this website. I, I had a website. It was called josephlide.com. You really you, – if, if you look at that now, it goes to some evangelical uh, website run by a guy named Rob Savolka, who's a friend <laughs> of mine, nice, nice guy. But I would leave little notes in the lockers that would say, you know, josephlide.com and stuff back then. And so there was no mistaking it. When when I went to the temple to record the Washington anointing ceremony and get the, the new the new ceremony uh documented in January of two thousand and five, they knew damn good and well who it was that came and I mean I posted it online <laughs> on my own website that day. Mm. Uh so they they knew exactly where, you know, who it was that actually stole the laminated copy from the study booth in the Jordan River Temple on that day. Um, but, you know, all they can do is just give me a letter and say, you know, stay off of our property. Uh, they Well, yeah, I was, I was going to ask about that. Is there 
is there anything that the church can do about this? I mean, are you afraid that they would, you know, perhaps file suit or try to have you arrested for trespassing? Or they they could they could because I mean, keep in mind that they gave me my first letter back in two thousand and five, saying essentially stay out of our temples. Well, and as recently as as June of this year. I was in, you know, the Mesa, Arizona temple, the Phoenix, mm-hmm. Arizona temple, the, you know, and I'm videotaping this stuff and I'm posting videos online. Like, I mean, I just posted a video the other day uh, that was dated, I think, June 5th. Um, and that was me. Keep on. I got a, I got another letter from them back in 2014. I was given another letter by church security essentially saying, you know, hey, now, not only stay off of our out of our temples, but stay out of our churches as well. No, you, can't any, you can't go to any ward meeting houses or anything like that. So, well, I, if if they caught me inside the property, yeah, realistically they could easily charge me with criminal trespassing. Most criminal trespassing charges involve a person actually being arrested on the property itself while they're there. Is it possible that they could file? criminal trespassing charges against me right now just using my videos as evidence yes yes they could um but i suspect that the church doesn't want to draw any more attention to me and my videos uh as they could possibly avoid and i think i've made it pretty clear to them over the years that if I was arrested on their property and charged, I would, uh, you know, it would be kind of a three-ring circus as far as the court case is concerned and my legal defense. Uh, I mean, I was taught from the time I was a toddler that if you're kicked out of a place and told you're not supposed to come back, that the right thing to do is like the prophet Abinadi did with wicked King Noah, and that is disguise yourself and go back anyways, because the truth, <laughs> because preaching the truth is more important than than civil laws, um, and uh, and that's I I think I mean I was raised to believe that, and so that's my defense. Is I'm going with the Abinadi defense is that I had to preach the truth, and uh, and this church taught me that from birth. Um, I don't think they'll press charges against me uh, unless they actually catch me red-handed in the temples or or on church property. Uh, but we'll see. Time will tell. If they do, they do. I'm I'm just surprised that the areas where where you reside, because I'm pretty sure the church could track you if they really want to, and they probably would. How well, they you... know my address? Yeah. I mean, keep in mind when I when I uh, when I attended the ward. In Phoenix, Arizona, I, I attended a ward for uh, a few months from April uh, through, uh, well, into July of this year. Uh, and I gave them my actual address. So I was attending the ward in which I actually lived and gave them my actual address. So they know exactly where I live and they could come to my house anytime they wanted to. But I, I just... I don't think they want to draw attention to me, so I think they're better off just kind of backing off and 
Leave. We'll let you yeah. do your thing. Yeah, I, I guess I guess that's yeah. where I'm surprised they even let you let you into them. Where where the people that are there at these wards and these churches don't have a photo of you sitting on like a Seven <laughs> Eleven wall of "Do not let back yeah, in." Yeah, like, like, like for well, life. They they kind of do actually. At the temples, they do. Now all the temples have a security <laughs> book. They they have a security log behind the recommend desk that does in fact have pictures of the top security risks for for each for for that particular <laughs> temple most of the people they have in these books uh are evangelical they're local evangelical born again christians that will occasionally come out and pick it in front of the the temple with a sign um but i disguised myself pretty heavily but when i went okay. back in april and was attending this ward i wasn't using my actual name i was using somebody else's name and I I shaved my face. I cut my hair. I was wearing these ridiculously thick glasses. I could send you guys a link that shows a before and after picture of what <laughs> I looked like. And please do. My own mother would not have recognized me <laughs> if 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 my mother was sitting there in church and I sat down next to her. She would not have recognized me. Nice. <laughs> so. Yeah, that, yeah that, we'll that, see. that that was my biggest thing. Is I'm like, how do they keep letting yeah. him in? Yeah, and they have zero power of discernment. So with with no yeah. power of discernment, um, I like to say that actually Elohim the Colobian owes me one because <laughs> I I I introduced him to his 69th wife. So. Uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm on Elohim's good side, so he lets me slip in and doesn't tell anybody. Well, and really, I mean, if they if they tell you to stay away, your reply, the only reply that you need is to tell them to pray to keep you out, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's not my fault that that. My guess is I can only assume. That not only did the bishop and the member of the stake presidency who recently signed and handed me a temple recommend, uh, not only were they not worthy to hear the still small voice of the spirit, <laughs> I can only, I can only presume that everybody who works in the Mesa, uh, the Phoenix and the Gilbert, Arizona temples, they're all masturbators or something because <laughs> nobody, nobody so much as blinked at me or looked at me uh, sideways uh, throughout the course of the thing. And I was going to the temple two or three times a week, every single week for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, but yet there's nobody, not a single solitary person uh, was prompted by the spirit to remove me from the room or the building. <laughs> well, and I was, I was going to ask you about that because a lot of your videos look like there are multiple camera angles, right? So is it that you use multiple cameras or is this just that you, you put it together from different angles wherever you are with your hidden camera? How, do, how does that all work? Um, you know, it's actually D, all of the above. Uh, <laughs> I've done both. Um, primarily, Usually it's like, uh, for example, I've got a prayer circle that shows uh, me actually standing in the prayer circle. But then at one point during the prayer circle, when everybody's raising their arms saying, oh, God, hear the words of my mouth. There's a camera that is in the that looks like it's 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 in the congregation, in the in the regular folks watching the prayer circle. So it's a prayer circle shot from two different camera angles. Reality is. That was two completely separate prayer circles mm. that I that I put together, and I just used the prayer from one of the circles uh, over uh, the the footage of the other one. Um, but 
I have gone to the temple with as many as five separate cameras, hidden cameras on me at the same time. Wow. Um, but most of the time when I'm recording in the temple, I've got, uh, I've got one or two cameras rolling during the end of this project. When I was wrapping up at the end of June, I would typically have three cameras rolling while I was, uh, in the temple. And now when I'm at church, I would typically have, uh, um, I would typically have two, two cameras, sometimes three cameras rolling at church because, the thing that I thought was the most fun about this 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 recent infiltration back into Mormonism so that I could uh, <laughs> make Behind the Veil 2, um, my very first Sunday was April 10th, and that very first week I realized that there might be more of a – there might be more interesting footage to get – at church on Sunday than there would be in the temple on Tuesday or Wednesday night. Mm. Uh, I mean, I really wanted to get a, a, a marriage, uh, you know, a sealing ceremony on video. And I really wanted to document the washing and anointing ceremony, which I did. And I wanted to uh, get photo, get video copies actually of all three of the new temple movies, which I did that as well. Uh, but I enjoyed the uh, the Sundays actually going to church on Sundays. I mean, it's hard to say I enjoyed it, but I mean, keep in mind when I'm sitting there in church on Sunday or when I'm sitting in the temple on Saturday afternoon or whatever, I am probably the only one with a full fledged adrenaline rush going because <laughs> I've got I've got multiple hidden cameras on me or near me, either aimed at me or aimed at other people. I mean, there's one Sunday I'm teaching the the, the high priest group, and I've got one camera on one side of the room. I'm 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 wearing two other cameras on me, pointed at the high priest group, and my adrenaline's going a million miles an hour because. All it takes is one person to be like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Ironically, get this, the bishop of the ward that I was attending was a former FBI agent. Oh, jeez. Oh. Oh, even with even oh. being a former FBI agent, his, his power of discernment was absolutely non-existent. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually pretty incredible. Yeah. I was going to ask, have you had any close calls? But I, I think the answer is pretty clearly uh, probably not. Yeah, during my conversation with the bishop, I remember when I went to go, uh, I met with him on the, on May the 4th to get my temple recommend signed. And, uh, May the 4th be with you. Yeah, well, the, May, <laughs> the, the fourth, the fourth was with me. It clearly was not with the bishop. Um, but during the course of our conversation, we had, we chatted for about an hour. And so we talked about his job and my fictional job and his kids and my fictional kids. Because <laughs> keep in mind, I'm playing a role. And the, yeah. the role that I was playing was this brother. I, I say it's brother V. That's about as much information I will give. Um, but, but brother V was a 49 year old high priest who had just gone through a divorce after being married for 25 years. He has four kids, uh, two sons and two daughters, and one of his daughters, one of his sons, rather, is actually on a mission as we speak. <laughs> and so it was a perfect cover because nobody's nobody's going to question. I told them that I took a leave of absence from my job and moved to to Arizona so I could take care of my ailing grandmother. She has Alzheimer's. She's dying, and I might be here for three months. I might be here for three years. I don't know how long I'll be here, but. Uh. 
uh, you know, I, I take a leave of absence from my job, which means I don't have to pay tithing because I took a leave of absence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Good and, cover. And get this. I told them that I had a brain tumor and oh. brain surgery about a year ago. About a year ago. So my leave of absence actually started about a year ago when I had the brain surgery, which explains why they have zero payment of tithing from me for the last year. Uh. <laughs> and then I told them right when I was ready to go back to work, my alien grandmother in Arizona needed somebody to help her. And so I, you know, I've got a great relationship with my boss and he allowed me to take a, a longer leave of absence. So I haven't been back to work for a year and a half, but I'm here taking care of my grandmother. <laughs> so I give him 50 bucks a month for fast offerings, but I wasn't paying tithing. So when the bishop gave me my temple recommend on May 4th, I had paid a grand total of $50 up to that point. <laughs> For that temple recommend. That's but I've got funny. the, uh, you know, I've got my interview with the bishop. Uh, of course, that's recorded. The second council on the stake presidency is a real douchebag, I thought. <laughs> he actually was in my ward and would usually sit in front of me during high priest group. And he, he just, I thought he was a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> what what would he do to, to make you think he was a douchebag? Uh, he was... Uh, He's one of those guys. You guys know who Daniel C. Peterson is? Oh, I hate that guy. I okay. hate him so this, much. This, this this douche nozzle in the stake presidency. He's a second counselor in the stake presidency. I call him his name Steve. So Steve, <laughs> uh, he's the kind of guy that would come up with some bizarro rationalization for for the most ridiculous things ever. He's just you just want to smash him in the face. He's the kind of guy that. The general authorities are made out of, um, and he, he just he struck me as kind of smug. He's the guy that I interviewed with for my second signature on my temple recommend, and from the instant I met him, I did not like him. I just something told me I don't you know this guy's a douche and watch out for him. And he was one of the first ones that I called on the phone after I stood up on the, on the 3rd of July and said, you know, uh, I don't believe it's true. It's all nonsense. And, you know, I, I know this church is through and I walked out. Oh, I that's beautiful. I, I've, that, I've never heard that before. Honestly, I that know is this awesome. Church is through. That's fantastic. <laughs> In fact, if you go to my, if you go to my Twitter, uh, um, thing, I'm not sure. I might, that might be my Twitter thing. I've got, uh, the, the post that my tweet that's stuck at the top on my profile. And I've got a little clip from my la my testimony on the 3rd of July of this year, when I just kind of blew it up and said, I'm out of here. This, you know, the church isn't true. And in fact, I know this church is through. Um, that is I awesome. Called, Honestly, I have not I, heard that before. That's awesome. So I called the second counselor in the state presidency before church was even over. So church started at nine o'clock. So it was about 1130 in the morning. I called him and just had a little chat with him. And he kept calling me by my name that I was going by in the ward. And I kept telling him, no, you're not listening to me. That is not my name. My name is Mike <laughs> Norton. And he's like, so where did this other name come from? And I said, that's, that's for you. And that's for you and church security to figure out. Um, <laughs> and they may very well, you know, they obviously they know who, who I am and what I've done now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as of so far, they haven't filed criminal charges against me and, and we shall see if they ever do. That's funny. 
If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGI Podcast. Thanks, bitches. Well, I know we're pushing up on time, and so I would be remiss if I did not ask you the the last question that uh, one of our uh, listeners had had wanted us to ask you, and All that right. is uh, that that Bonnie says that she knows that you have a, that you have worked at or attended the Salt Lake Comic Con, and uh-huh. and that you have the celebs that you work with sign headshots to new name Noah. And so she wanted to, so she said that she would love to hear if you've had interesting conversations with any of them about new name Noah. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, John Delancey and William Shatner. Mm-hmm. Uh, my very first Comic Con, uh, I was assigned to work with John Delancey uh, for uh, three days. And he played Q on Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Nicest guy you'll ever meet. Uh, just truly a super, super nice guy. And during the course of the three days, we had some downtime and, and time to chit chat and talk amongst ourselves. And he asked me about, uh, you know, what I do and what my story is. And, and, uh, eventually when I had him sign the thing, uh, you know, to new name Noah, he actually signed, um, to new name Noah. There is no sign of intelligent life in the Colobian star system. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I, I love, love it. That that's one of my that's one of my personal favorites. Uh, another one from Kristen Bauer, uh, who who played Pam in uh, uh, True Blood. She wrote, um, "What is it? Uh, a True Blood Atonement." is delicious to the taste and very desirable. <laughs> and, and she used two different colors of markers and everything. Was great. But John Delancey asked specifically about the new name Noah thing, and we discussed a little bit, and I, and I was very honest with him and told him I'm, I'm a former Mormon, and and now you know I kind of do this on the side and, and help you know expose temple rituals and stuff. And, and, and then shortly after that, he invited me to come and have lunch with with William Shatner, who was right next to us. At the, <laughs> and he had, William Shatner had his own little green room. Oh, um, mm-hmm. So it was me, William Shatner, and John Delancey for about eight minutes back there in William Shatner's green room. And we're talking about uh, Utah politics. And, and then John Delancey says, Bill, <laughs> do you know what, you know what Mike does? You know, the, the temple over here, do you know what they do in those, in, in the, in the temple, the Mormons? And William Shatner says, yeah, it's like Masonic handshakes or something. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike has that on video and, then I said, "Yeah, it's on YouTube. You go to YouTube and you can watch it." And he said, "Oh, he says, yeah, it's all it's all crazy if you ask me." But uh, <laughs> we, we talked about the Utah politics and how the governor pretended he was uh, hip and happen and liberal when they knew full well that he was, you know, a, a conservative douchebag. So, <laughs> well, um, other than that, though, for the most part, no, I, I don't. Uh, I don't typically discuss. Religion, even though I have them make it out to new name Noah, very rarely do they actually ask, um, who, what is new name Noah? In fact, John Heater, you know, in Napoleon yeah, Dynamite, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I work I work with John Heater one uh, one day. Um, geez, a year and a half ago, I guess it was, and he he wrote on on his headshot to new name Noah. I'm voting for you, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we did not discuss the church thing, and and I I would not. In fact, the only reason I brought it up with I shouldn't say I brought it up. The only reason I I discussed it with John Delancey was. Because he kind of pried it out of me and really wanted to know more and was very, very curious about it. Other than that, uh, I don't think I've ever discussed religion in any way, shape, or form with any of these celebrities at Comic-Con. The next one, though, is uh, Fanex. Salt Lake yeah. City Fanex, yeah. March 17th and 18th. It's only going to be Friday and Saturday. Yeah, uh, John Delancey mm-hmm. is, is an avowed atheist. He actually spoke at the... Uh, reason rally this year. So he is. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm yeah. not, I'm not entirely surprised that he no, asked no, you about not. that. Yeah. He's a, he was a yeah. very nice guy. He is, uh, I mean, John, I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for John Delancey because he was the very first celebrity I worked with. I mean, I, we've had seven Salt Lake Comic Cons or, or Fan X's so far. Huh. And the one in March will be number eight. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say that I've worked. As a volunteer for all three days of every Comic Con and Fanex we've had, uh, since the very first one. Um, and, and I've worked at Buzz Aldrin and John Heater and mm-hmm. Simon Helberg from, uh, Big Bang Theory. Um, but my personal favorite, honestly, and the guy that I hope that I am working with for the rest of time and all eternity <laughs> is, is Jess Harnell. Jess Harnell, who who plays the voice of Wacko on Animaniacs, oh, oh yeah, he also yeah. he also has a rock band called Rock Sugar that kicks ass. Oh, and yeah. Jess, Jess is an absolute sweetheart. Jess yeah. is one of the nicest guys I've ever yeah. met in my entire life, and I've worked with him twice now. Uh, I have every reason to believe that he will be there at FanX in March, and I will be mm-hmm. by his side the whole time. Um, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, if anybody comes out, they listen to this and they, and they, uh, come out. Yeah. If anybody come, comes out uh, to Fanex in March, send by Jess Hernell's table and say hi. All oh, right. I definitely will. I'll be there. I've, I've, I've been, I've been there every day of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, excellent. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate it, Mike. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug in particular before we let you go? Jesus Christ. I would like to talk about my savior. <laughs> no, that sounds um, very interesting. Tell me more. You know, you know, honestly, I'd just like to give a shout out to the flying spaghetti monster and may you all be touched by his fly, uh, his noodly appendage. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. I love being touched by his noodly appendage. Ramen. I'm kind of a raw man. Now I'm kind of a plastiforian myself. So, no, yeah, let's let's talk again sometime. Have yeah, a good time. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we'd love to have you back on the show again for sure if you're interested. And then you can, and then you can also come on come on my show. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You can come let's on. Do it. Uh, you know, and then and then let's get a bunch of temple recommends and let's all go to the temple sometime. Oh, I I I like this idea. I like where it's going. <laughs> I think I have so, too many tattoos. We'll, we'll videotape. We'll, we'll we make a whole thing out of it. We will, but yeah, we'll 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 reach we'll reach out to you. Uh, so it's the it's the Utah Outcast. I think we I think we had something set up at one point in time that fell through, but we'll uh, yeah we'll reach out to you. All right, let's do it. Sweet. You guys have a good one.
Well, that was a fun interview. Yeah. It was. That was cool. I, I like that guy a lot. Yeah. We, we've been learning more crazy and crazy stuff oh, about my Mormons God. as we go. <laughs> we'll have to have him on the show again sometime yeah. in the I, near future. Yeah, I got the feeling he could go on for another two hours. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think so, too. Just with crazy stories. Well, maybe when he's here for uh, Fan X, we can just oh, get him over here. Get him in studio yeah. when he's in town. That's Hell a yeah. great fucking idea, oh, actually. Yeah. I'm all full of them. We should have mentioned that while we were on the phone with him. I'll I didn't to, even think yeah, about send it. Him a message. I'll have to send him a message yeah. and let him yeah. know. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Maybe oh, yeah. yeah. Talk to him. Yeah. yeah I'm there wander, wander over, introduce yourself, yeah. and say, hey. Maybe he can bring a Hollywood celebrity with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think that would happen, really, probably. What if they're an atheist, oh, though? <laughs> uh, they like get, John Delancey, You never know. Maybe. They get kind of bored. Hey, yeah. do, you, do you want to go over to my friend's basement <laughs> and talk into a microphone? <laughs> There's beer and pizza. <laughs> you know, that's, that's really some of them. All That's all you need to say. <laughs> Say we got a microphone, beer, and pizza. Let's do this. Yeah, he's got a cool studio. It's uh, it's very sound dampened. Yeah, <laughs> you can't hear very much when you're screaming inside there. Nope, no one can hear you scream. They have a great time screaming in that room yeah. every now and then. The best whips and chains. You should there come are. over and talk to them with me. Yeah, <laughs> they're really big fans of yours. Like, My pleasure room. <laughs> they got things with candles and pictures <laughs> and blood. Oh, it's God. really sexy. What are we gonna do for the rest of the goddamn? I just don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. We'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. Because what choice do we have? We one, don't because Canada's going to be full in a minute. Time, one week at a time, one month well, at a time. I've already got an in in Canada, so I've already yeah. got my representation up there. I got family in Canada. I told Dan Morris we'd just move in with him. Oh no, yeah. you, you didn't hear the, you didn't see the Twitter fight, did you? No, I, mean, I didn't. I mean the YouTube, the Facebook. Oh, fight. they mentioned it on their show. Oh I didn't, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. See Me the... and Matt are already fighting over who gets to stay in, in, <laughs> in, in Dan's flat. <laughs> We're providing incentives for us to stay there. <laughs> they didn't tell us who won yet. I didn't uh, hear who won uh, or who they fancy more. Uh, but maybe we'll find out in Vegas. Well, I have other relatives who live there. Oh, so okay, maybe I'll just stay with them. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Kyle, thank you very much for coming on the show, man. Always a oh, pleasure. It was fun. Absolutely fun. This was my second time. Really? Only your second? Yeah, only my second, you asshole. Well, oh. we were going to have you last week, but then Dan said you the wrong I just killed my week. chances for it. Oh, yeah. Well, so, so we were anticipating you coming on the show last week, but that was only because I was fucked up in the head. With the dates and the things and the, with the dates and the things and the yeah, things. Yeah, you, you kind of, in the jello. Pops. Uh, yeah, you panicked me. I was sitting in the, I was sitting in the movie theater getting ready to watch Arrival. Oh. <laughs> you I'm sorry. Up, Are you coming over? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Next week. Next week, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't do that. <laughs> sorry, Kyle. Yeah, I totally fucked up. I feel really bad. I'm sorry I panicked you. Uh, but again, thank you so much for coming on. And you all should check out the Utah uh, Outcast show if you have not already done so. Yes, we have a good show. Yes. Uh, we actually just uh, last week we we did our oh we watched uh, Ray Comfort's oh. the, the Atheist Delusion. Oh no, the whole was it as bad thing. as I expected oh. to be? Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, it was lots of screaming. And the movie is only like an hour long, and it took us like two hours to watch it because <laughs> we kept having to stop it to <laughs> scream at him. <laughs> but you know, to give you, a, it's it's the the watchmaker uh-huh. uh, and straw manning. Uh, uh, it's you know. And heavily editing. Your, your poster of fallacies uh-huh. is basically entirely represented in that, that so, movie. So here in That's the studio, script. so yeah. here in the studio, I have this poster of it's it's thou, a listing of different fallacy, logical, logical fallacies. fallacies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was they just like kind of go through them one at a time. Yeah, he kind of goes through them one at a time. Hammer on the, a few of them repeatedly. Yeah, the the crap. The, the really shitty thing about his movie, he bases it on. Uh, interviews with people who uh, say they're atheists, mm. and I, I don't, I don't doubt these people, but the it's very clear that he talked to a lot of people <laughs> until he he won, found people who would put up with his bullshit long enough, and had no idea how to even handle the amount of shit that he was throwing at them <laughs> to the point where there's all kind of, you can tell you, if you're watching them, you can see most of them are really very uncomfortable and they know this is not, this is not right. This doesn't make sense. They I need have an no, Eli there to lick him. <laughs> I have no idea what to do, what, what you're throwing at me. And now I just, yeah, he just like beat people up. With his, with his, with his words? shitty gymnastic words, <laughs> it was, it was awful. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. Um, but the move, his, his movie is on YouTube, and you can go watch oh, it for free, for free. Uh, I don't know oh, if that's, it, that's it, that cost, that's too much money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they it, should be paying me. Yeah, to watch right. it. Yeah. yeah, that's what needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you were so inclined and you I'll wanted to watch it. I'll probably watch it at some point. Or if you really wanted to, you know, you could give us a dollar <laughs> and for, to our to our Patreon. And then you can and, listen to and it. And then you and... can not only watch the movie, but listen to us just shit all over uh. it. <laughs> yeah. It's 90%, like 90% of his movie is stock footage. Uh. That you can tell he he used he like pulled clips from YouTube from other YouTube shows. Oh, that's illegal. <laughs> well, he, he like put the little fair use thing down uh, in the corner. I will eventually watch it. I I mm-hmm. like to hear the best arguments from the other side. Ray Comfort is yeah, not this anywhere is not, close. This is to not even close to the, the best argument side. at all. You know, I, I like listening to debates with William Lane Craig, even though mm-hmm. now all of them are really tired and old and yeah. And been thoroughly squashed by mm-hmm. better lines of reason and thought, but yeah, I, I want to hear the best arguments, mm-hmm. and I think Ray Comfort does a disservice to his own theology when he does. he makes bullshit like this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's fun to make fun of. Oh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to make fun of. It's like uh, shooting dumb fish in a barrel. <laughs> That's easy, even easier than shooting normal fish in a barrel. It's all the really just, slow felt, fish. We wound up with feeling terrible so accents. Ba- we wound up feeling so bad because these are like obviously like college freshmen that he yeah. that he just picks like, on. He picked on on campus. Have you ever lied? Yeah, yeah, you lied. 
You, you ever like put a fo- pickle in your asshole? <laughs> you, you just like to fornicate, don't you? Of course I yeah. do. It's fucking fun. Yeah. You know you know God's real. You know you God's like- real. You're just trying to deny it so you can sin, you sinner. You sin. Well, you like your fornication and your pornography. And your drugs and your booze and your wild sex parties. Who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, I didn't know about this God guy until you just fucking told me about him. <laughs> yes, we wanted, you wanted, no, I we fucking hate him. feeling so bad for these kids. You're like that's what he's saying doesn't make any sense, and you can Ugh. you could see them struggling with. He asks a question, and if they don't answer it the right way, he immediately goes, "No, that's not right." He immediately not, pounces on him. Yeah, he immediately pounces on him if he doesn't if they don't give the answer that he wants. He wants. Well, it's such a disingenuous approach. I mean, well, yeah. he's doing this as a fucking profession, wandering right. around and asking questions of ordinary people who probably don't give two right. shits about yeah. any of this right. anyway. And haven't right. thought about it a great deal. And he does this for a fucking yeah. janky-ass living. Yeah. And he, he, you, you ask a leading question mm-hmm. that really only has a, a few answers. Mm-hmm. And if you don't give the right one, you're fed a script of what the right answer is. And here's why your answer is wrong. Yeah. There's no. It's it's really deceptive and misleading, it and it's it's bullshit. It's it's, it's absolutely it's a bullshit dishonest. bullying tactic yeah. that he does yeah. that really mm-hmm. fucking bothers me. Yeah. So yeah, and I we're gonna we're gonna put some clips up from it. Um, you wanna watch the whole thing? That's you know, just that's the entirely that's up to you. It's entirely yeah, up to you. Your masochistic <laughs> ways. <laughs> but we're we're hoping, you know, maybe we can help people out who might encounter these kind of arguments. Because they were, it's really shitty. Hmm. And I hate to see anybody just fall victim so, to it. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking shit-tastic yeah. popsicle. But that's on, uh, that's on Utah Outcast. Excellent. And we can hey. find you guys on. You can find us on, on the, the webs. Uh, on the webs, on the utahoutcast.com and on Pod Hell. Uh, on Pod Hell, you may also find me on a nice little show called the Nerd Dome Podcast. The Nerd Dome? The Nerd Dome Is that podcast. what you call your penis? Yes, it is. <laughs> I call mine the kingdom. <laughs> Two man enter. <laughs> Only one man. <laughs> oh, so you're in some DP. Yeah. You yeah, love Dr. Yeah, Pepper. Yeah. 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 But that's, you know, that's lighter fare. That's, 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 the, the, that's the comic book show I'm, I, I'm on. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much, Mike Norton, a.k.a. New Name Noah, for being on the show tonight. Thank you, Ryan, for being here. You're welcome. Thank you all for listening, and we will chat at you next week. Until then, I hope that Donald Trump doesn't fuck anything up too horrendously. Well, don't Trump it up. Keep keep fighting on fighting with the good guys, peoples. Don't give up. Drink whiskey. <laughs> Maybe it's going to be okay. <laughs> Don't kill us all! No, no, just don't, please. I don't want it. Alright. Bye. Bye. Don't die. Please. Well, it's good. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's good. Oh, my. Mm. Yeah. Where the fuck did the goddamn ghost go? (laughs) Alright. The goddamn ghost first. Play. 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 Play, 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 you say? Yes. Play? Yes. So I'm, I'm trying to think in my head, I'm like, what's the best way to fucking outro this shit now?
right, so now I guess we do an hour on Trump. Trump. Oh. Let's let's try oh. to keep our thoughts as tight as possible so we don't do it for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> you ask the impossible, okay. sir. <laughs> I thought you were going to see a small moment of silence for uh, the election of Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ugh. If we could oh, no. all just bow our heads in silence for for just a moment, <laughs> morning. Of what what America has done to itself. <laughs> I'm also waiting for someone to get mad about my new Facebook yeah. <laughs> photo. What'd you do? Well, I took that remember that photo I sent you that I took the other day at that rally uh-huh. with the guy with the bicycle. I said, "Fuck Trump!" Fuck on Trump. It. Yeah. I made that as my uh, photo. Nice uh, for Mike my, my the the page photo or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> And uh you made that your cover photo? Yeah. So nice. I'm hoping someone complains about it so I can be like, "Oh, sorry bro. I'll try to be PC next time." <laughs> <laughs>